dude, Gordon Hayward is a has-been, and the Knicks love those guys. Welcome back to the Game Buckets Podcast. I'm Ethan, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Matt and Jordan. So we're just going to get right into it. So Clay Thompson has suffered an Achilles injury, which is season-ending, which is absolutely brutal. He tore his Achilles in, like, some pickup game in L.A. where he was playing with, like, Miles Turner and a couple of other people. And this is a really devastating news, especially for Clay Thompson. He suffered an ACL injury in the finals last year. And he rehabbed the whole year, didn't play a game. And now, right before training camp starts, he tears his Achilles, which is really just a horrible look and just shows what a shitty year 2020 is. So, in my opinion now, unfortunately, this marks the end of the Warriors dynasty and is the end of their championship window because Steph Curry is going to be 34 years old in a couple of months. Klay Thompson is 30. He's going to be 31 soon. Draymond Green is going to be turning 32 when they start next year because this season is a wash. They just drafted James Wiseman. And, I mean, the only hope that they have is if he ends up to be like fucking Hakeem Olajuwon or something. So this is really brutal if you're a Warriors fan, even for the NBA, because a lot of people were excited to see the Warriors come back. And it's it's just not going to happen now. So uh, what do you guys think about this new news? It is definitely heartbreaking news to see Clay Thompson, a valued member of that historic Warriors dynasty from 2015 until 2019, five years straight going to the NBA Finals, winning it three times. One loss was probably the greatest like victory in NBA Finals history with 2016, the the Cavaliers. That was the year they went 73 and nine. Clay Thompson was the second best player like during that pre KD time period, and you can make an, an argument that he didn't really lose that spot during the the KD years as well. He is a phenomenal defender. He's a great scorer, as as we know, one of the best shooters in the NBA in NBA history great off the ball as well he really just made their system so i wouldn't go as far to say that their championship window is closed because ethan that's it it isn't true that curry is going to be 34 in a couple months he's currently 32 and he'll be 33 in mid-march so he is he still has he's he's not quite as old as you make him out to be and he's not like a, a big man. He hasn't really had a lot of injuries since when he was young. And because he's a shooter, you would imagine that his game would translate better later in his career versus a guy like John Wall who relies on his athleticism. Speaking of which, this back-to-back injuries, ACL Achilles is reminiscent of John Wall. He has not played since December 2018. And it's it seems like he's going to be returning at the beginning of this year so he's missed you know one full season and you know half of that 2018-2019 season you know assuming that Clay Thompson you know he'll be out for this year and if he comes back at some point next season i don't see why the warriors can't compete for another 
you know, Western Conference Championship next season. I don't think that they're completely out of it. James Wiseman will be one year older uh, and one more one year more experienced, assuming they keep him. I, I wouldn't say that it's completely closed their championship window, but I think you definitely have to pay attention to it more because you are right. The guys are getting older now. You know, they, they aren't young like how they were at the beginning of the, the dynasty. They are nearing the end. I don't think it's closed for good. I don't want to be I, – I don't want to jump to conclusions like that, but it is – it's it's bad. I wanted to see the Warriors without KD compete in the in the, the playoffs during the regular season. I, I thought that they could maybe make a run in the uh, Western Conference. I was looking at them as like a three, four, five seed, like somewhere around in that range, maybe pushing like 50, 52, three games or so. So it is disappointing. It's disappointing because now the Warriors are probably not going to be much higher than like the seventh or the eighth seed, sixth seed, like around in that range. I don't think they're going to be dropped completely out of the playoffs, but I I thought that with at the beginning of this past season with Steph Curry leading, I, I thought that they would still make uh, some sort of effort, but that was clearly not the case with them going 15 and 50. So I, I could I could easily just just as I can see them making a little playoff push to get an eight seed I could easily see them pulling another year like they had this year and be right back to uh square one and just wait for Clay Thompson to come back it's it's absolutely it's definitely disappointing it is absolutely disappointing to see him go down in this way yeah I just echo what Matt said it just it's so heartbreaking to see a guy like Clay you know I uh, the last five years of Warriors dynasty, I really, I just, I haven't really liked them. I think a lot of fans will say the same, that just like they took on this like villain mentality. But Clay is just like the one guy I always loved watching just because like he's like one of those guys. He's like just went about his business. Like he was never like a flashy, like show off kind of guy. Like he just like always like came in the gym and just shot like lights out every single night and was terrific on the defensive end. So just to like, you know, to go through all that rehab with the ACL and how brutal that can be. Now he has to go through something, you know, a lot of people consider even worse than in, than an ACL tear, which is the Achilles that could take like almost a full year to recover from, if not more. I mean, we saw KD didn't even play this past season, even though he injured himself in the June uh, 2019 finals, like he didn't even get to play. So, you know, he's he it'll be 18 months by the time he comes back from that Achilles injury. A lot of it had to do with the pandemic, but still, you know, it's a, it's a really tough injury to come back from. And just the, the Warriors, you know, they have a lot to be proud of. They won three championships in five years. Um, I, I, it's incredibly impressive. If you ask, you know, any fan base, they would kill to have a five-year run like that. Uh, they clearly drafted insanely well, having Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then adding a talent like Kevin Durant. They did some fantastic things. I, I mean, I think I, in terms of like what their window is going forward, I think I would side with Ethan where I think their championship window is closed. I agree with Matt. They'll still be competitive. I think they can go deep into the playoffs, but I think the chances of them being like a legit championship team, I, I think those days have passed by with this current group. Um, Steph is getting up there in age. He should age better because of just his ability, insane ability to shoot and not having to rely on athleticism. But Draymond, I think is just, he's way past his prime. Like, He's he's not going to be that same level of player that he used to be in like 2016, 2017. He's just not that guy anymore. 
Andrew Wiggins is like has a horrible contract, and he's clearly you know been super disappointing from his days in Minnesota. They really don't have much of a bench. I mean, they drafted James Wiseman. He's an impressive talent, but you don't really know what you're going to get from him. It's really a toss-up because there's just you know there's so much unknown. He only played three games at Memphis this past season, and you don't know how the fit's going to work next to a guy like Draymond Green. So, I mean, I I would like to see them come back and be competitive, just because I, I you know the more competition with the NBA, the better. But I, you know, with the way Luka Doncic is rising, with the way Devin Booker keeps getting better and better every single year, I, I don't see really like once Clay gets back fully healthy, if this Warriors team can ever really compete for a championship again, at least with this with these guys. You know, I do want to add that the Warriors traded for Kelly Oubre today, seemingly as a replacement for Clay Thompson, unfortunately. So. Kelly Oubre was good on the Phoenix Suns. He was putting up, like, 17 points, like, six rebounds, a good shooter. He was he was an impressive player for them, and he was really helpful for them in that 8-0 playoff run or the, the you know, the bubble resume. Kelly Oubre was huge for them. It was, it was him and Devin Booker. And I think that with him going to Golden State with – his style of play, like a, a shooter perimeter guy, I, I think he could probably fill in at least some of the at least some of the role that Clay Thompson was asked to play. He's clearly not on Clay's level, but I think that Kelly Oubre is a pretty good replacement. And I I changed my mind about what I said a second ago that I I do think that they will push for a playoff run. I, I don't think Steph Curry is gonna you know break his hand and you know, that's it's really like a one-month injury, but they ended up just having him sit for the rest of the season because they, they just called it. I, I don't think that that happens again. If someone, like, gets hurt, they're going to come back. I think that they actually really are going to compete this season, and I, I could see them as, like, an eighth seed, a seventh seed, somewhere in that range because of this Kelly Oubre uh, move that they just made today. I mean, just to correct you, I, I think you said Kelly was in the bubble. He actually wasn't. He wasn't with Phoenix in the bubble. So, But he was really impressive with, with the Suns. He did provide a lot of a big scoring punch for them. But I, I think the thing that people take away from Clay is that what he was not even – not only what he was able to do shooting the ball, but just on the defensive end too. You know, he was such an elite – he was one of the best 3 and D guys in the league. And Kelly Oubre's not that kind of guy. He's really not a good defender at all. So that – clearly takes a lot away from them he's not a two guard he's probably more of a three and then they have already someone like that with Wiggins where he's more of a scorer that can't really defend is not a two guard even though they like to pretend he is sometimes so I think defensively they're really going to be hurt this year and it's going to expose someone like Steph Curry a little bit more who's already like a pretty bad defender uh, so their defense really worries me, and that's why I think I, I agree with you that they're probably gonna, they're most likely going to be a playoff team, just because they're going to be able to score a lot of points. But I think defensively there's going to be a lot of issues, and I can't really see them getting past either one of the LA teams or Houston. Excuse me, not Houston. Uh, well, Houston if they somehow keep James Harden or a team like Denver. Yeah, I definitely think that the whole Warriors situation is going to be a very interesting story to follow, and I. I think they're probably going to make the playoffs too. Probably going to be an eighth seed or something. Uh, the Clay Thompson loss is just a huge loss, and it honestly would not surprise me if they miss the playoffs. But if they're like a nine seed or something, so now we could talk about the Bucks because they made huge moves over the past couple of days as they really just gave up 
their whole future to try to save Giannis from leaving them. So they acquired Drew Holiday from the Pelicans for George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, and three first-round picks and two pick swaps, which is a lot for Drew Holiday. They definitely gave up way too much for Drew Holiday, and Drew Holiday is a great player, but he's not worth that much. It just shows that how much the Bucks are willing to give up for Giannis. And they tried to make a second move with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Kings in a sign-and-trade, but the deal fell through. Because he didn't want to sign it with Milwaukee. This is a really complicated situation. The NBA is investigating the situation where there could be potential tampering. Where he may have already had an under-the-table deal from the Bucks, And he just made this. said he didn't want to play there at Smoke and Mirrors to try to like. I don't know, it's just a really complicated situation. So what do you guys think about this new Bucks news? Do you think it's enough to keep Giannis? I think that with Drew Holiday... They're already a much-improved team. If they do end up getting Bogdan Bogdanovich, that's going to be an elite team in the East. So what do you guys think about that? Well, I think it remains to be seen whether it's enough to convince Giannis to stay. I think whether he stays is dependent on their playoff success. Simple as that. They can sign whoever they want, trade for whoever they want, but if they don't get it done, I think he's still going to end up leaving. I really do like this deal for Drew Holiday. I he's a clear upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Drew Holiday is one of the best two-way guards in the NBA. His defense is, is truly second to none. He's a very good scorer, a very capable scorer, a capable passer. His his rebounds are good for a guard his size as well. And I think that it only further increases their team identity of a stifling defense. Right, you have guys like Giannis, who, as he's clearly a defensive, you know, defensive player, of the the year caliber player. You have Brook Lopez, who made the second team All Defense, averaging like two blocks a game. And now you have Drew Holiday, who's a lockdown defender. I think it's going to be very hard to score on this team if they end up signing Bogdan as well. Uh, there's some some issues now with from the NBA that they're investigating and whether there was some tampering and you know ugly stuff like that. But if they do end up getting Bogdan, I he's he's another capable shooter who can stretch the floor, create some room for Giannis to go to work in the the paint. And I I th- I think that the Bucks really do have a chance to go further than what they did this postseason and last playoffs as well i think it is dependent on the brooklyn nets though i think that they are still the favorite in the eastern conference and assuming that the nets are healthy i i think that they would still end up beating the bucks but milwaukee is 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 tough they're right there and if i i I think simply if the Bucks end up making the finals, I think that Giannis will decide to stay. Because I, I also saw another report where it was something like the Bucks did this move because Giannis told them that if you do this move, I will sign the Supermax extension. So that that you can take with a grain of salt, but that that was a report that did come out. And it's possible that he does end up re-signing in the next few weeks. But I, I think I think realistically, 
it wouldn't really make sense for him to do that. I think that he should just wait and see how the season goes. If the team ends up doing well, then he can just, you know, resign as well. So he's, he's probably going to lose a little bit of, of money, but you know, for a guy like, like him, what's really the, the difference between 200 million and 220. So I think it's a little bit more. I think it's, I think it's like, it's, 250. like it's like, yeah, it's like 250. So it's the super, the super max is like heavy. It's really tries to incentivize those superstar players to stay in their current market. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I think when you're giving up five picks for drew holiday, who is a really good player, like Matt said, but it, it is so many picks, and I don't think you give up five picks for a guy like that unless you have that Giannis stamp of approval that he like they spoke to him about it before the deal, and that they had strong indications that he was going to sign if they made this deal, and something with Bogdanovich as well. I mean, Mark Stein, who's one of the most credible reporters in the league, said that there has been rumblings that Giannis is planning on signing the Supermax sometime in the next couple of weeks. So I think really pushing these moves – the, the holiday, uh, holiday, like Matt said, he's such a big upgrade over Bledsoe. Bledsoe was, he's a really good defender. He averaged 15, five and five, but he's not as efficient as Holiday. And also, we saw in the playoffs, like he really just got like, he suffered in that Miami series probably more than anybody. He really just he couldn't score at all, and he wasn't really scoring much in the first round either. So he really got exposed in that series, and it happened last off season two. Uh, sorry, last season, last season in the playoffs too. But if you look at the Bucks starting five, if they can get Bogdanovich, it would be Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, who was second team all defense this past year. So that that's honestly, you could put that right up there with one of the best starting fives in the NBA. So probably maybe the best starting five in the NBA. But the problem with them is going to be their bench, because I think past those five, the only player they have left is like Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Giannis's brother and he's like probably like a third string guy he's really just a bench warmer so they need to fill out their bench that's going to be the biggest thing for them if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs I think they can just because of how powerful that starting five is and adding some veterans like around the edges can really help them improve I, th- I think it'd be cool to see Giannis resign in Milwaukee and stay there because we see so much of this player movement around the league and I, there hasn't you know the sense of loyalty or the word loyalty is just it's gone from to like today's NBA dictionary. So to, to see a talent like him stay, like that, I think that would be pretty cool. And I hope, I hope to see it. Yeah, Jordan, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that, you know, we're kind of seeing this thing happen right now with James Harden in Houston, that players really want to play in big markets. You know, Brooklyn, New York is the New York city, the one of the biggest cities in the world. And, there's so much opportunity that any player can get from playing in New York, and I think it would say a lot about Giannis if he stays in Milwaukee, which is known to be a small small market. But you know, a lot of those small market teams that aren't able to you know lure those top free agents to their teams, they have to build through the draft. And as we see, there's plenty of teams that do it unsuccessfully, and most most of the time, it's those small market teams that are worse than the big market teams. So. I 100% agree with you, Jordan, that it would be really cool to see Giannis stay in Milwaukee. I think it would be good for the NBA to have a a star player, a superstar player, to stay in a small market. It would definitely be a good thing. Matt, what do you think about that? I hope that Giannis stays in Milwaukee. I think that at the beginning of this past season, having the pretty much like every team had a strong dynamic duo or any team that you know really had a chance to make the playoffs. 
like this was the season of the dynamic duos, whereas in years past it was teams just throwing everything against the wall to get a big three. This year was a little different, and the result of that of that change this year is that the playoffs were so much more wide open, and the regular season was just so, uh, so much more wide open. And as an NBA fan, I really enjoyed that, and I I think I think you guys and you know everyone else would agree with that too. So. I worry that if Giannis ends up joining a super team or or rather joining like a team with a, a you know two more stars like in Miami for example so he joins Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and then they form a super team I worry that I worry that that would cause the dominoes to fall back in that direction and I think I think that that is not so good for the NBA. I think that that's not so good for for fans. People want to see competition. People want to see different teams in and out every year have a a actual chance to make it to the finals, to win a championship, to make deep playoff runs. And if there's really only you know four teams in the entire NBA that have an actual chance, then it's not really something that's that's going to be super interesting to watch. I, lo- I love how both of you guys are talking about not wanting super teams, and meanwhile you're rooting for James Harden to go to the Nets. Okay, well, yeah, it's let's, just it's just that that would be the biggest super team of all. I know you guys are Nets fans, but wait, let's let's talk about it though. Let's talk about it. So James Harden, he turned down an 103 million dollar contract extension that would make him the second player in sports history to have a, a 50 year 50 million dollar per year contract. He turned it down. He said he wants to get traded to the Nets, which, as a Nets fan, is absolute music to my ears. I, I love that. I mean, I absolutely just love to see it, especially after having those seasons where we went 12-70. and 70. You know, I just want to get James Harden and just completely dominate the league. Do I want to see superstars playing in small markets? Yes, but when it comes to James Harden, get him the fuck on my team. I'm sorry. I just want him on my team. I don't care, and I don't care what anybody says because as a Nets fan, we were tortured for years. We were the laughing stock of the NBA for years, and it's time to put our middle fingers up to everybody and saying "fuck you." We're about to fucking dominate everybody. So I love the move if he does get traded, which I think it will end up happening that he, that he gets traded to the Nets for a couple of reasons. One, I do think the Nets overall have the best package to offer to the Rockets. Now, obviously. If the Sixers, who are also which is a team in the mix, also offered to trade Ben Simmons or something like that, that would also be a good offer. But I think that the Nets have more quality players to give to the Rockets while the Sixers only have Ben Simmons and a couple of guys. They have like Korgmaz, who's he's a good player, but I think Karras averts Spencer Dinwiddie. They're all better players than him. So, and Jared Allen also it would be in that deal too. So I think that the Nets would have the better deal, but Harden would probably fit better on the Sixers. But I don't care. Get Harden on my team. I just want him on my team. And I know Matt feels the same way too. So, Matt, go go ahead. Yeah, realistically, realistically, I understand that James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets would completely just shift the weight of the entire NBA to that team. It would just shift away the the current balance that the NBA enjoys. But at the same time, I could give less of a fuck. 
because I want the Brooklyn Nets to win more than anything. So if the Nets can somehow get James Harden on that team, pairing him or you know combining him with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving gives a fuck about parity cuz then the Nets are running over everyone for a championship. They're they're going to they're going to go 16 and 0 in the playoffs. There's no one will have a chance against them. If they can construct a semi-respectable roster or surrounding them, it's it's going to be it's going to be slaughter. It's going to be absolute slaughter. Imagine James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving with coaching like with Steve Nash headlined by Steve Nash, assistant coach Mike D'Antoni, that you know fast pace, run and gun, offensive powerhouse that could be, it would it would be unbelievable. It would actually be unbelievable. It would probably be the best offense in NBA history by a wide margin, and, and no one would be able to catch up to that. Realistically, the overall fit of James Harden would probably work better on Philadelphia conventionally, right? Because they already have a talented big man with uh, Joel Embiid, a you know superstar big man, and that conventionally works better. You have a really good guy down low, and you have a really good guy out on the perimeter. That it's you know reminiscent of like like Kobe and Shaq, and a lot of you know teams have done that kind of you know setup. Uh, me, that being said, though, I I want I want James Harden on the the Nets. I don't really care what anyone says. I if the Nets get James Harden, it's it's over. Like they're they're winning 65 games. You know, it, it's not an 82 game season, but whatever. Like there's there's what 72 games. <sighs> Fuck if they if they win. Honestly, I could I could still see them winning 65 <laughs> games. Honestly, I could still see them going 65 and seven. Like that's how overpowered. Uh, this team would be so Jordan let me let me ask you how does it feel to be a Knicks <laughs> fan and watching all this hey Honestly, you, you, uh, the, you there the, buddy you there the, the the Knicks stuff doesn't even bother me that much it's more it's it's the NBA stuff like I just talked about before like you guys talk about not wanting super teams and then you throw all your values out the window when it comes to the Nets correct uh, <laughs> It's Correct. just like I, I I hate the idea of super teams just in general. I I don't care where it is. I just I want there to be competitive balance in the NBA. I think that's what draws so many fans away from the sport and more towards things like football and soccer is because there's more parity there. Like it it's just like when there's one team that's just gonna people got so sick of the Cavaliers and the Warriors going against each other every single year. Like when when this the, this past year was probably one of the, one of the best years for the. NBA. NBA just because like outside of like coronavirus and stuff like that but like in terms of competition like just as not really knowing who the favorites were in each conference like Miami came out of the east no one really expected that there was always rumors about you know there was there was the Lakers obviously people had them as the favorites but people could have easily seen a team like the Clippers or Houston jumping in there and making a run at the finals so that was just really fun to see and I I don't want to like yeah the Nets could throw together like every single draft pick they have throw in a 26-year-old Karis LeVert with injury history, a 27-year-old Spencer Dinwiddie who shoots like 31% from three, you know, throw them into a package and get James Harden. Sure, they could do that. But like, I, I just don't want to see it. Like, I'd rather see the Nets have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and then, you know, add someone like a Serge Ibaka, bring back Joe Harris, you know, like add around the edges and just really solidify themselves with that dynamic duo and build out their, build out their depth. Jordan, I, I have two words for you. Rent-free. 
Do you understand that you're the ones that are rent free that you spend half your life thinking about the Knicks? Even I'm thinking about the Knicks. No, we actually, we actually really don't. We, you we really do, think Matt. about no, no, how. No, you're right. We think about, you do. I think about how good the Nets are, okay. and it just makes me so happy when I think about that. I know how miserable that that makes you. Yeah, that's what makes you happy. You live off my misery. <laughs> Wait, Matt, let me I, ask you. I this live. Question. I live. Hold on, I live off of all of Knicks fans' misery, not just yours, Jordan. I bathe in the tears of Knicks fans. <laughs> we should Wait, just name this. The, we should just name this the Nets podcast or something. This isn't an NBA podcast. Yeah, dude, shut up. All right, Matt, let me ask you this question though. For all right, let's get back on a serious note. If the Nets tell the Rockets, "We'll give you Kyrie Irving for James Harden," would you do it? What, Kyrie for James Harden straight up? No, I mean, it would have to be Kyrie and, and like probably like Karis Avert or something. But would you still do it? Uh, No. I definitely would. I definitely no. would do it. I easily would do that. I would easily do that. I think Kevin Kevin Durant uh, and James... Like, like Kyrie and Karis has more value than James Harden does, I think. Do you because think, I, cause, I do cause not Karis, do that. Because no, Karis is borderline. I, I, I doesn't. I that that's absolute cap. No, it's not. Uh, James Harden is a, f- a walking forty points, bro. You'll have to factor like, in Kyrie Irving's injury year. history. Like the man cannot stay healthy whatsoever. Dude, injury history, injury history. That's like the only thing you have to say you can't just about. Throw that the out the window. Next. Wait, so Jordan, would you do that? Kyrie Irving for James Harden. I mean, I would. I don't know if I would do Kyrie and Karras, but I would do Kyrie and picks. Absolutely. No, Kyrie and picks. Yeah, whatever. Would you if if that if they would take that deal would you do it? Yeah, uh, I would do it too. I I just I think, think that most Nets fans would do it. Yeah, I think the the idea of James Harden and Kevin Durant, especially now where James Harden is in the prime of his career, that would be an, a disgusting duo. And I See, that would, that I would I would really enjoy watching. We would like, still be we would still be the favorite to get out of the East. That would be disgusting. Like, like having having Kyrie. KD and Harden, that's just like overkill to me. Like at least like with Harden and KD, yeah, that's really really good, and you're probably still gonna make it to the finals. But at least you know there's some teams in the West that can make a run at you and make a really competitive final series, or like even the Bucks. You know who knows what could happen in the playoffs. But like the, with all three of them together, I think that's just overkill. You sound mad, dude. I'm just annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we're mad. We're rent free, bro. We're rent free in his head. I mean, listen. Listen, Woj, like you, you, you know, there was this report that came out from Anthony Puccio that there was a verbal agreement in place for Harden to get traded mm-hmm. to the Nets, but that turned out to be BS. Like Woj literally reported two hours later that it's likely Harden will still be with the Rockets at start of training camp. Yeah, no. And that Houston wants to at least let a market develop for him and see if they can be really blown away by an offer before they seriously consider moving him, which is the right decision for Houston. Like they no. shouldn't just give in to Harden's demands and just like trade. I agree, to both. but they're gonna like. So, like hey, I, I want to reference like. People talked about Kawhi Leonard. All he wanted was L.A. People talked about Paul George when he was with the Pacers. All he wanted was L.A. And like Kawhi with the Spurs. But where did they end up? Kawhi ended up going to Toronto. And Paul George ended up going to OKC. And, like, you know, we talk about all this powers of the players. But, like, in all reality, the teams can trade Harden wherever they want, whoever gives them the best package. It doesn't yeah, have but, to be the Nets. But, dude, where where are Kawhi and Paul George currently, bro? Okay, so eventually, would if Harden's a free agent, if he wants to sign with the Nets, he can do that. But as of right now, they don't have to trade him wherever he wants to go. I I guess they don't have to, but the team that trade would him trade for the best for him, package. Don't but, trade him but where the, he wants to go. 
No, but the thing is, like, the team that ends up trading for that superstar, if they look around and see that the superstar ends up going where they want to go anyway, then it would probably just behoove everyone in this deal to just trade them to the place that they want, because then mean, there's, the there's thing is, just... Like, with, with Kawhi and PG, it was like they were each on one-year deals at the time, but Harden's under contract for three more years. So it's not like he's just going like he's going to sign somewhere and then he's just going to walk away the next year. This is like he's under contract for the next three years. And he's going to, by the end of his contract, he'll be 34 years old. So here's the thing. The Rockets are definitely going to play it slow. But do they really want to have two disgruntled superstars on their team? Because no that, that can destroy a team season before it even starts. So I think that James I mean, Harden... Just I think look, it, look, 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 look what happened with Anthony Davis. Didn't he demand the trade like to the Lakers like back in February at the trade deadline the season before he came? And he just like, you know, obviously it was awkward and uncomfortable for a lot of the players, but New Orleans didn't get a deal that they liked, so they kept him. And I could see the same situation happening with Harden and Westbrook. It's not that they didn't get a deal that they liked. The deal that they initially got was was better. But I mean, yeah, that was more on Dell Demps being an idiot. Yeah, he was he – was, uh, He was being he, greedy. He was no. Nah, he was he took it personally with the whole clutch sports and that and the reason that he actually didn't take that trade is the reason why he got fired. The owner was mad at him and he got fired because of that. So that's a completely different situation. So, Plus they st- but they still ended up keeping him despite all of the man the public demands that he made. Listen, I, this is what I think is gonna happen. I think James Harden will end up being on the Nets. He's gonna. He's going to be in training camp starting with the Rockets most likely, but he's not going to want to be there. I don't see a team that wants to keep a superstar around, the, the two superstars around that don't want to be there. It does kind of seem like that James Harden will end up on either the Nets or the Sixers. It, it's, it seems like he's not going to be in Houston at, at least at some point during this season. If he begins the year in Houston, then then whatever. It's it's a short off season. I guess it makes sense, but it's it feel it certainly feels like he's not going to finish this season in a Rockets uniform. I mean, I yeah, I think he's probably gone by the trade deadline. Like I could see him playing the first few, a couple of months of the season in Houston. I don't know what's going to happen with Westbrook. Like that whole situation is so weird because his contract is like a nightmare, and he clearly got exposed in the playoffs by the Lakers. They didn't even respect his jump shot. So I have they no idea what his, his market's going like. Yeah. Like the, I mean, they were talking, they were talking about the Hornets, but the Hornets just took Lamelo Ball in the draft, so I don't really see them grabbing another guard. And they also have those rumors, uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook straight up for John Wall, which is one of the worst trade ideas I've ever heard yeah, of. Yeah, that, that would be yeah, hilarious. That would be, that, so would be like, that would be that hilarious. Would be so that would be stupid. like a twelve-year-old playing my GM. Yeah, yeah that, that that would have been a good move like five years ago. But you know what, though? I, I think that it would really make a lot more sense for the Wizards to, you know, keep John Wall, obviously, because now right. he's he's healthy. Now he looks good. Pair him with Bradley Beal another year with now Rui. Uh, really, and really now and, 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 and our, our really Israeli good. son, Denny Avdia. Yep. Yeah, they got and, now, and now those guys all together. That's going to be a good maybe, that's gonna be a, maybe a they team. sign yeah like like maybe they can sign a you know a, a big man to complete that starting five but I I think that they have a really good roster out there in Washington and I I think that they could end up surprising some people this this season especially if Avdia ends up being a good player like if if he has like a just any sort of like rookie of the year type season I I think that they can be quite good out in the the east 
Yeah, so let's talk about James Harden's former teammate now, Chris Paul, who got traded to the Phoenix Suns in a in a pretty big deal for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and the 2022 first-round pick, which is top 12 protected. So I think that this is a really great move for the Suns. They finally have, like, not nothing against Ricky Rubio, but even, and he did have a great year last year, but Chris Paul was just not, on a different level. And last year on the Thunder, Chris Paul had one of his best seasons of his career, not statistically, but in terms of leadership, and he definitely had one of the best seasons of his career. He led a team of really young players and a couple of veterans that nobody really thought was going to do anything, and he brought them for tied for the fourth seed in the West. Really an incredible year, and I think that the Suns are definitely a playoff team now. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, and even also now with Klay Thompson going down, I think, and who knows what's going to happen to the Warriors this year. They're also probably going to make the playoffs, but I think that increases the Suns' chance of making the playoffs. So what do you guys think that the Suns' ceiling is now with the West? I think that it's much improved. What about you guys? Yeah, you know, I think that, look, so Chris Paul is is huge, right? When it's a, it's a huge addition for their their team. When Chris Paul was dealt to OKC at the beginning of last season, I thought that they wouldn't really they they wouldn't get much higher than like the the eighth seed if that. I I didn't think that their roster was was strong enough yet, and I didn't think that Chris Paul was gonna make that big of a difference. Turns out, me and a lot of other NBA fans were surprised. They saw that Chris Paul was able to lead that team, put them on his back, really. That starting five had the the highest like efficiency in the NBA offensive efficiency. Chris Paul was directing the offense with supreme confidence, with supreme ability, and they they almost upset the the Rockets and and could have uh, pushed the the Lakers to a long series also. So I think that Chris Paul is a still a phenomenal player at this age. He can still command the the floor. He's still one of the best point guards uh, around today and is an, an all-time NBA point guard period. So the Suns definitely got a good one there. I do think that losing Kelly Oubre will hurt them. He was he was an important piece for them. I I do think that that will hurt them overall. Looking at the rest of the Western Conference though, I think that OKC will probably fall down a little bit. I don't think that they're going to completely miss the the playoffs. I still think that you know Shy is a great player and I think he's going to take another step forward like how he did for for this year. I I think that he can be really good for them. It depends on a team like the Rockets, whether they do keep James Harden, whether they do keep Westbrook, whether they, it's only one or the other. So it's dependent on that. The The Blazers now, I think, are going to be way healthier. So I, I expect them to shoot up the, the rankings. So let's see. The rest of the Western Conference below that, you have teams like the the Mavericks could potentially fall out. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But of the teams that didn't make the playoffs, the three that stand out to me are the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the, the Pelicans. I think that it's probably going to end up being one of those three can get into the, the playoffs. I don't think that two of those three or three of those three, it'll it'll probably end up being one of those three. Because I, I don't expect... 
two of the current eight to fall out. I, I would expect only one to fall out. I, I don't think there's going to be such huge uh, turnover between two playoffs. So we kind of have to compare. Is the Suns roster currently better than the Pelicans roster or the Grizzlies roster? And I'm not so sure about that. I do think that they are a really? good team. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I think John Morant is going to be a superstar like soon. I, I think I think he's going to be there really, really soon. Jaron Jackson, I think, is going to take another step forward as well. I, I think the Grizzlies are really underrated. I, I think they are underrated. I think they can make a push. And realistically, the Pelicans have a hell of a lot more talent than the Suns do overall. Chris Paul can only do so much. Chris Paul, he had a good like starting five around him. They didn't have much of a, a bench in OKC, but uh, they, they had SGA, who's you know, going to be an, an all-star one day. Steven Adams is a borderline all-star. He's, you know, a fantastic center. They have, they have borderline all-star. Uh, yeah. So, so he's, he's a very like legitimate center. He's all right. Definitely not a borderline all-star, but he's, he's really good. Wait, so you uh, think they, the Thunder are going to make the playoffs? I, I don't think that they're immediately going to fall out. I think they're. Yeah. 100% going I, to think, I, I, I think. I think. I think they're going to keep trading. I think. They're, the, I, I, don't, I don't. think they're done trading. Danilo Gallinari is, is definitely not going to be on the team next year. So that's Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari off the team, and Dennis Schroeder is gone so, too. There's no right, way. Fine. They're, so, they're not right. in the playoffs. There's no. Okay, fine. 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 So so let's say so let's just say for argument's sake, right, that the Rockets and the Thunder fall out. Okay. So now there's like the other the other six of those eight. They're definitely going to stay in the the playoffs somewhere. Do you guys agree that of those other teams that didn't make the playoffs in the Western Conference, the three that are contending for those now two spots are the Suns, Grizzlies, and Pelicans, right? The Warriors, too. You have to count them in. I mean, all right, fine. So I, I guess we can throw in the, the Warriors, too. But I, I I think that the other three teams are, are probably better. But fine. I, will, I, will, I mean, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't discount Steph Curry. OK, like, fine. He's, so he's that, he's that great of a talent. So do you think that the Suns are? at least the second best of those four teams. Yeah. I th- I think they're arguably the best team out of that Can you five. all right so so how about you guys rank those four teams? So it's so we're talking about the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans and the Warriors. Yep. Okay, so I think if, the, if I you think, if if you want to throw in the Timberwolves, also, I I wouldn't be su- surprised if they experience no, some no, some no, uh, improvement. No. That team's gonna D- be bad. D-Lo and Cat. I think I think they're just that bad on defense. Like I really don't see it for them. They're 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 gonna uh, score a lot, but they're gonna be one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Didn't but they get some, a Anthony Edwards the other day too? So yeah, yeah. he's he's maybe he's, he's, a, he's a project. He's very up and down. He's not a good defender okay, either. Though. Not, there's no, there's no. All right, fine. So he's, we'll. Okay, fine. So we'll we'll just keep these four teams then: the Grizzlies, Suns, Pelicans, and Warriors. So go ahead I, and so rank them. Let's let's see. I I would have the Suns as the best team of that group. Really, um, number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I Dude, mean, their I mean, roster maybe, maybe, really maybe isn't I'm, that strong. Maybe I'm right. just a lot higher on the Suns than like usual, but I think that big three of CP3, Aiden. And Booker is just—it's better than any talent any of those other other teams have. Like Devin, Devin Booker is arguably what? a top—you know—I don't even think it's arguable. I and mean, he's a top twenty player in the league. Yeah, like okay. he's yeah, that good of a player. He's clearly a top twenty player. Okay, yeah, maybe even. But top DeAndre Ayton isn't anywhere. Fine, okay. DeAndre Ayton isn't anywhere near that. 
DeAndre Ayton's a guy who's going to get you 20 and 10, and he's improved his defense a lot this past year, and he can pass a little bit too. Right, but like how much of that, you know, 18 and 9 that he was averaging last year, how much of that was really just, you know, numbers on a, on a crappy team? Oh, couldn't you uh, – well, first of all, the Suns for a good portion of the season were – Fairly decent, especially, I mean, early on. They didn't even have they a lot. Were, they were okay for the first, like, 15 games, and then they started playing, like, They the were Sun okay. They were one of the best teams in the league. They started off, like, 9-2 and two or something. Oh, Aiden got suspended for PEDs, and that's yeah. really the real their no, season. No, yeah, no, that's what hurt them. And, like, Aiden missed a lot of time, so that could have, you know, even, you know, who knows what numbers he could have put up, even if he had those 25 games to work with Booker even more. Like, I, I just, I think you're severely underestimating how talented DeAndre Aiden is in all of this. Like I, I think Devin Booker, twenty, what he he averages almost twenty-seven a game, um, five rebounds, five assists, something like that, and it, he significantly improved his percentages this past year. Everything took a jump in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and three-point percentage. All three of his splits improved at least three or four percent. So he became a lot more efficient. He wasn't just like an empty calorie stats kind of guy. He more like established himself as one of the top shooting guards in the league. And I think when you know you have someone. Like a Macau Bridges, they retain the bird rights on Dario Saric and Aaron Baines. They have the mid-level exception to you, so they do have some money to throw around. They have a guy like Cam Johnson, who's a really reliable shooter. You know, Kelly Oubre and Rubio, it hurts them, but CB3 is obviously a big upgrade over Rubio. Mm-hmm. Cal Bridges, like I said, Ty Jerome, I think is like a decent backup point guard. It's just, I, I think, and they're out, and also I don't think they're done. I think when you trade for a guy like Chris Paul at his salary. They're going to make some more maneuvers like James, James Johnson is is going to look for a couple extra pieces to add around the corners. They drafted Jalen Smith, who was a bit of a surprise at number 10, but he's like a really nice stretch four. he averaged 15 and 10 at Maryland, shot 37 percent from, from three. He averaged two blocks per game. So I think he's going to help them right away. Yeah, I, I just I think I think the Suns are can easily compete for the five seed and maybe even home okay. court advantage in the first now, round that no Absolutely not. I'm sorry. No way. There's no maybe, way. There's no way. The there's no way they're going to be top four. That, that when they plug in Chris Paul when he's what 36, 37, really? Chris Paul's 35. 35. All right. But come and on. At bro. some point, he has to start going downhill. That's fair. But like, I mean, and did he's you see him break like, down this year? He wasn't. No, he no, wasn't I didn't see him break ball. down. But I, but I think that OKC, like I think that OKC this past year will be better than Phoenix will be this year. What? Like, like, like what? I think that I think that is a horrible roster. Thing. No, 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 no. I think no, that the roster surrounding OKC. I don't OKC, see it at all. The, the OKC dude, never had a talent OKC, like Devin Booker. OKC, by OKC the way, if, if the like season if the season That's wasn't ridiculous. paused, hold on, hold on. If the season wasn't paused, they were poised to get the the three seed. They were on. Fire in February and early March. They were on fire. They were killing everyone. OKC was so good right Wait, before no, the season. Man, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no way OKC is going to be better than the Suns. No way. They no, lost. No, 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 yeah. Oh, like no, like no, like, like, like the Thunder team. Okay, thank thank you. No, okay. I, I, I don't agree. I, with I, I mean, like the the Thunder team last year with CP3 will be better than the like, uh, Suns team like this upcoming year with like, uh, like I, in Phoenix. Jordan, I'm sorry, but there's no way that the Suns are gonna be 
competing for a top four seed in the West. There's no okay. way. There's the LA teams and there and there's Denver. And who's there's, like who else do you Portland, have? Portland, I think, is Portland's clearly better than, than what Portland, the Portland's the one team that's, I would put that's, there. That's, Port- that's for sure. Portland so, and maybe so, Dallas so are those two teams. teams sure. But outside of those two, Portland and maybe Dallas, if like know, Utah, if, if KP can, so. can be healthy, no, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't take. Like, Utah. I, no, I, no, I, I would say that Dallas is kind of iffy because, like as you said, KP is going to be out for a you know undetermined amount of time. I I would I would still say that Utah is guaranteed to be better than than Phoenix, assuming that they keep the team together. If they blow I, it up, obviously. All this goes to, to nothing, but I mean, listen, they but, just traded they just traded superstar here. center Ed Davis to the New York Knicks. That's all I know. Right. Alright, well here wait, wait, wait. So Jordan here. This is the Phoenix this is the Phoenix Suns roster right now. So besides Chris Paul, DeAndre DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker, which I think is a, a very solid big three. It is more than solid. It's very, very it's, good. Yeah, it's a good then they have Mikhail Bridges. It's, it's pretty Mikhail good. Bridges, who's who's really good also. And then other than that, you have Javon Carter, who's good. Yeah, then I didn't even talk about like, Javon Carter. He's like he was really good for Phoenix last. Yeah, year. But then you have Aaron Baines, who's had a good year, but come on, Aaron Dario Baines. Saric. And you have Dario Saric, Frank Kaminsky, Abdel Nader, Eli Adobo, Tariq Owens, Cameron Payne, who's a complete bust. A Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith. Cameron we don't Payne really... isn't on their roster anymore. Huh? Cameron Payne, I don't think he's on their roster anymore. Uh, he is on. He is on ESPN, and this is their most updated roster. Yeah, Cameron Payne. Like, I don't, I, listen, their I don't bench know. Can, like is other than off all the names. I think their, I may, maybe maybe I'm just higher on the Suns good. the most. I don't know I, why though, because listen, it has a very good big three. It is a incredibly good big three. I, but I, think, I, just, I, think I, I don't see I, how good DeAndre Ayton's going to be in year three. I just, that's, I, like, that's like I the biggest thing for me. I think I don't really see them being a top four seed in the West. I don't see them being a top four seed in the West. Well, so so Ethan, where where do you see them? Six to eight, most likely seven. So, so you see them as a surefire playoff team? I see them. I mean, I I feel like the bottom of the West is going to be really close again, like it was last year. But I do think they're going to be like the seventh seed. So, assuming the Rockets and Thunder fall out, which of those four do you think get into the the playoffs? Then I would say the I would say the Phoenix clearly. I would I would say Phoenix, and I would. Phoenix and I would probably say the Warriors, but I mean the Zion is only going to get better, and this Brandon Ingram is only going to get better. Has to stay healthy. Yeah, that's true. But Brandon Brandon Ingram had a breakout year last year, and then there's also going to be. I I think I think but the Falcons are also kind of sleeping on Memphis too, though. No, Memphis like John is going to be. And no, uh, Memphis is going to be incredible too. So with John Moran and Jaron Jackson. They Bro, they, to... they, they literally almost made the playoffs this year. They they only lost because I mean, they, Damian they, Lillard went god tier mode. Like they were they literally almost made the playoffs this year. I mean, no, they I... were they were in firm position to make the playoffs like entering the bubble and they and they almost lost it to the Suns. I mean, the Suns ended up going 8-0. They got on fire, but like Memphis only right. almost lost that playoff spot. They were not good in the bubble. They they were in clear position I'm, to make the playoffs before the season. I'm not I'm not hating on Memphis. I love John. I love watching John Morant. Like and I think Jaron yeah. Jackson Jr. is really good. I really like their draft. I think they made some really nice picks. But I I would still take Phoenix over them. Uh, I I just think that having the Suns as a top four seed in the West is I'm absolute, not saying top. I said four or five, like something like that. I probably lean more towards five. Four is that absolute. wouldn't like absolutely shock me if they were like uh, the fourth best team behind the two LA yeah, teams. That, that would that would that would, it yeah, would shock that, me. That would, that would shock, shock me. me. That would shock me. That would shock me for sure. 
I think the Ma- the Mavericks. I mean, oh, they they don't have the the Mavericks are, are the, are the have... only team that I could see as like iffy because they don't have AP. a strong roster really surrounding Luca. They, well, think... they also they also just traded away Seth Curry, who was a big piece for them. They they, they got they, back I mean, Josh they Richardson. They Josh Richardson back. So Josh Richardson. So. I mean, I think Luca could win the MVP next year. I think he's gonna be even better. So, I mean, the Mavericks are definitely. I could, I could definitely see that, but they don't really have like a good supporting cast surrounding him. I mean, they're, they're I mean they were they 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 were the best offense in the league last year. They were one of the best offenses because, of all time because of Luca, because of how incredible Luca was. I think. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. Like they can they can get even better. Dallas is the one team I could actually see like jumping up towards that four spot, especially if yeah, KD can get healthy. I, I feel quickly. like. Dude, I I feel like you you give Luca like you know any like Division one college squad and and that offense would still be you know top of the NBA also like that's how good I think Luca is. I think you guys are under underestimating how good Phoenix can be. Like I really just I think that big three is is really I think, really good. I, I, think, I, think I think Devin Booker is a superstar. Like, superstar what? Like he's a he's a borderline superstar. No no no, no 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 I I can I can see that Booker is a is a you know borderline superstar superstar or whatever you want to call him so, but I'm I'm just I'm just not convinced of the rest of the talent surrounding him. The thing is like free agency hasn't even started yet. Like that's we can't like really predict anything yet. Like there's obviously been some trains but like free agency hasn't started yet. Like no signings have been made. Like there's still moves to be made around the, the edges. The thing like, though is is that is that I don't think the Suns have a whole lot more cap room though. That's that's the thing here. They have yeah, they, they have the bird rights on Baines and they have the bird rights on Sarge and they have the mid level exception to use. They have another I think exception. They have like some biannual exception. So so they can they can add they can resign Sarge. They they can resign Baines, but if they only have like a mid level exception to throw out, then like they can add another quality rotation player with that money. Look like a quality rotation player. I I don't know, but in this market, with like with with COVID affecting teams, but. I don't think that a mid-level exception guy is going to bump the Suns up to the fourth seed in the Western Conference, Jordan. Like they're they're going to need more than that. Yeah, but so, I don't want to. I'm wanna saying get, the roster around them is already strong. They just need like another piece or two. I don't want to get stuck on the Suns because we could talk about them for a long time. But okay, so when the, when the season's over, we'll get we'll get back to this topic. Yeah, okay. but let's talk about let's talk about Philly. And we've talked about Philly uh, many times before about. Their horrible contracts with Tobias Harris and Al Horford, and how their future was, is looking really grim. But I think that they really had an excellent last few couple of days, and they had a pretty good draft too. They traded Al Horford's terrible contract to the Thunder for Terrence Ferguson and uh, Danny Green. So Danny Green got moved immediately after he got traded there from the Lakers. So Philly's going to get better with Danny Green. He's a good shooter, not really the same defender that he used to be. He's still a good shooter, though. And Al Horford, getting that contract, I mean, he's still going to be a good player. I do think that he's going to be decent on the Thunder. But and I think that fit with Joel Embiid was just a really bad fit. And we all know that Al Horford is disgustingly overpaid. So it was definitely good for Philly to get him off that team. And then... They also traded Josh Richardson and the 36th pick to Dallas in exchange for Seth Curry, which I thought was an excellent move for the Sixers. And I think the Mavericks are going to be kicking themselves. I think Seth Curry is only going to get better. He's just a, a very good shooter. And Daryl Moore is already putting his, his uh, 
handprints all over this team. He's acquiring some good shooters, and Phil is missing this from their roster. So I think they'll be improved. They had a good draft, as I mentioned before. They drafted Tyrese Maxey, who has probably, I think, has the potential to be a sleeper in the draft. He really is an incredible player. They got Isaiah Joe, who also is a great shooter. So do you think that these moves improve their chances? There is a chance they're also going to acquire James Harden in the middle of the season, but I think he's going to get traded to the Nets because I think that Philly's going to try to run this back one more time with uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So what do you guys think? So if Philly ends up getting James Harden, it's it's going to be some fireworks in the Eastern Conference because then you're going to have like Milwaukee, you're going to have Brooklyn, you're going to have Philly all, you know, throwing haymakers at each other. Like they're the true heavyweights. Then you have like the the underdogs with uh, Boston and Miami, which is which is crazy because Miami made the NBA finals this past season and pushed the Lakers to six games. So it's, it's crazy. I'm even calling them underdogs, but they would be the clear underdogs against you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets, the new Milwaukee team now with Drew Holiday and a potential Philly team with Joel Embiid and James Harden. That That's just how strong those three teams are compared to Miami. See, see that, so, that, that, that's what I want, that competitive balance. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just going to say that's yeah, the competitive yeah. balance that I want. In the league yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, like I, I agree that would be cooler to see. But as a fan, of, of course you want to see your team have the best chance. Like it, like it, it makes sense. You you can't really blame a fan. Like like Jordan, if if you no, no, I if, I, if, I understand. If this you was, guys if this was happening fans. like like to the Knicks, like in some sort of like alternate universe, like you okay, would, this, this you would, would never happen to the Knicks. You know that. Fine, but like like if it did somehow, like you would probably be saying the the same thing. Like like screw it. Like let's have the the Knicks have the best chance like possible. But in in any case, though, I agree with you that. This competitive balance would be, you know, much more fun to watch. It would be much more conducive to have a have have a more competitive atmosphere in the playoffs. I I think that Philly is moving in that direction though. Uh, trading away that huge contract, Al Horford was a bad fit on their team. It was a neat idea at first to kind of double down on the big, tall, and long. Uh, players that Philly had and try and create like an even more stifling defense. Uh, turns out you can't really do that much. They kind of went overboard. They uh, didn't have nearly enough shooting and they have, they ended up having Al Horford just coming off the, the bench being paid, you know, nearly 30 million a year. And that's, that's not really possible. So they were able to get some, some shooters Ethan, you're absolutely on. You're absolutely correct there, Daryl Morey. You're you're seeing him flesh out this team a little bit. Seth Curry for Josh Richardson is probably an upgrade as well. Curry is is seems to be a better player than Richardson. In, uh, Richardson is like Curry had a pretty big role in Dallas and even in the the playoffs in Dallas as well against the Clippers. Even if they don't get James Harden, if they stick with Ben Simmons, I, I think that they could be better than they were this past year. I think that they can get to the, the second round again. I, I could see them being like a like a top four seed maybe. But uh, again, though, with, with Philly, you have to see how it how it goes because a lot of their guys are injury prone. Like it, it is it is like a, a problem and it could be a problem, but at least they're making moves in the right direction. Getting rid of 
getting rid of Al Horford's contract was was big for them. It was really important, and they they got back some quality players in return too. So that's that that's always a plus as well. Yeah, I, I agree with Matt. The biggest thing for them is health because we know the concerns with Joel Embiid, uh, the foot injuries, the knee injuries, the back injuries. He's always it seems like he's got something going on with his body. Ben Simmons had the back thing last year, but he's clearly one of the most talented players in the league. Just the shooting's an issue. We know that, but everywhere else, he's just an elite player. Like the speed, the defense, the passing, the rebounding. He's he's so much fun to watch, and I'm honestly fascinated by Philly, like what they're doing. I think. Curry over Josh Richardson is a big upgrade just because of how good of a shooter Curry is. He's one of the best in the league. Like, you know, we talk about his brother, Steph, you know, because he's won the two MVPs in the finals and everything. But Seth is really an amazing shooter coming at, you know, coming out of Duke. I have no idea how he went undrafted, but he's he's an incredible shooter. Getting someone like Isaiah Joe, who I loved in this draft process, he's just like one of those guys. I think he put up like nine threes a game in Arkansas, and he shot at like a 36, 37% clip for his career. So he's going to be a really big piece of that of that offense, and just surrounding Ben Simmons with shooters, it's like with shooters, it's kind of like how the Bucks constructed around Giannis, just having shooters all around, and what the Cavs wanted to do with LeBron James in his last couple of years there, just surrounding that guy who can push the break with shooters, it's just it's going to be such a dynamic flow. Like, it, I think Philly, if they're fully healthy. And pushing Tobias Harris to the four, obviously getting rid of Al Horford is huge. You know, attach the pick, whatever. Just get that contract out of Philly as soon as possible. It can really help them and just give Embiid more room to work. It, it's it's going to help them so much, and I think they can be one of the best teams in the East. And they could really, if let's say hypothetically Harden somehow stays in Houston and the East stays as is in terms of like star power, I, I think Philly is as good as any team in the East if they're healthy. That's a, a big if. Same thing for the Nets, too, in the East, if they're healthy. But I do think that Philly has the potential to definitely be one of the best teams in the East next year, for sure. They're, 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 they're so much fun. I, I, you talked about it with Tyrese Maxey, too. Like, you know, PD came on uh, a couple weeks ago to talk about the draft, and he mentioned how he's one of the, you know, sleepy picks in the draft. Like, they could really just, like, you could look back three or four years from now and just be like, how did this guy not go top ten? Like, he, he was a top I think he was a top six, top seven recruit coming out of high school. He went to Kentucky. He struggled here and there. Like the shooting wasn't as good as it should have been. But he's a really good combo guard. And I think having someone like that who can be the second facilitator behind Ben Simmons is another big, big push for them. And just, you know, because we've seen like all the time, like they had Raul Neto as their secondary facilitator last year behind Simmons. And that really didn't help them out too much. So I just think getting someone like Maxi in there too is, it's going to be such a huge boost for them. I'm really excited about this Philly team. So. The free agency is going to start tomorrow at 6 p.m. And they're, this is not the most exciting class that we've touched on it before, but well, I think we should just talk about a couple of free agents that might be on the move. So there's Fred Van Vliet, Goran Hayward, Danilo Gallinari, Montrezl Harrell, Joe Harrison, Christian Wood, just the, probably the most notable ones right there. So Goran Hayward actually declined his $34.1 million option. So... He's going to be a free agent, and there's already reports that Atlanta wants to sign him, and that's going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting team if they sign him. Fred Van Fleet probably going to go to the Knicks. Jordan, what do you think about the the remaining players where they could go? Um, so I'm gonna I'll take two of these players, and I'll just give my predictions. I'll go Joe Harris first, just because I know you with you guys with your Nets bias are probably going to say Nets, but 
I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say he goes to Atlanta. I think they're li- I think I read a report the other day they're lining up a big offer for him. The Hawks could really use some shooting around Trey Young. They obviously have they have John Collins and Onyeka Okongwu in the paint along with uh, with Clint Capella. So they're set in the front court. They they have DeAndre Hunter on the wing, so they they could really use some extra shooting. And I think Joe Harris would be a big boost for them. Joe Harris is looking for something like 17, 18 million a year, and I really don't think Brooklyn can afford that, especially if they're looking to bring in someone like Harden. So I think the, you know with the Shamit trade yesterday, also you know we didn't talk about that how the Nets sent the 19th pick for Landry Shamit. I think you know the writing is kind of on the wall there that Harris might be on his way out and is looking for a deal that's a little bit too rich for the Nets' blood. So I'm going to predict Atlanta for him. And then I'm going to look Fred Van Vliet. I think the only two realistic destinations for him at this point are Toronto and New York. Just because of so many teams are limited with cap space, uh, Toronto obviously has his bird, his bird rights. So they can sign him to a fairly big deal. And the Hawks and the Knicks both have the cap space. But I don't really see the Hawks having a need for him just because they have Trey Young. I'm going to predict Fred Van Vliet going back to Toronto on a big one-year deal and re-exploring the market next offseason when hopefully the off the the finances across the league are a little bit healthier. Matt, so I'll take uh, I'll take Gordon Hayward and I see him going to the Knicks. I I think it kind of just fits their mo of overpaying over the hill has-beens with injury history. Uh, has-beens, yeah. Gordon. Yeah. L- did you see Gordon Hayward's stats last year? He was actually a pretty good player. Yeah, like, he's, he's pretty he's good. Only, he's, he's only but, 30 but years old. But he wasn't as good as what he was. That's, like, he's 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 not going to get back to that level. And therefore, if he's average, not going to get back to that level, he is he, defined as a has-been. That is a definition. Can I, can I, can I read been. off his stats to you? Can I, can I just read off his stats to you? You don't he need average, to because I know it. It's 17-6 and, like, two assists. No, it's 18-7 and four. On 50% shooting from the field, 38% from three, 86% from the line. And Yo, he, tell me his, he's, uh, 30, his he's 30 years stats. old. Tell it's me, not like he's some like 35-year-old. Tell me his playoff stats. All right. So, uh, so that's where we're going with this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're, you're not going to say the uh, playoff stats? All right, fine. I'll I'll bring it up. No problem. <laughs> I'm not this is not this is not a Knicks team that's looking to go to the let playoffs. Me, let me just no, hold on. 10.8 points in the playoffs, man. <laughs> Dude, Gordon Hayward is a has been and the Knicks love those guys. So they are going to give him a huge huge contract. So that my mistake for getting into you with this with this anti-Knicks bias, but whatever. <laughs> Well, so, so wait a second, right? Like, that $34 million option, it was a player option, right? Yeah. So, I I, I guess from it, from his perspective, I think that he's trying to get a longer-term contract. It'll clearly be at a at a less yearly clip than $34 million, but he's probably looking at, like, you know, 90 to $100 million over a few years versus 34 for just this one year. And considering his injury history, it probably makes sense to go and do that. And the the Knicks will definitely jump at a guy like Gordon Hayward and throw him all the money that uh, he asked for. The other guys are, are kind of are hard to pinpoint where they end up going. I think Harrell, he, he could really go anywhere. I, I, I think it would be... It would probably make the most sense for him to just stay in L.A., but I could just easily see him going somewhere else. The 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 only guy who I'm comfortable with giving a legitimate destination 
as a prediction is Gordon Hayward going to uh, New York. I, I just think that he fits what that franchise tends to go for in free agency. I think so, that so, Ethan, why, why, why don't you take Harold and Wood as the last well, two guys? I was going to take uh, Gallinari. I think he's going to end up oh, on Miami. Yeah. I think, I think that actually would be a good landing spot for him. That would, I don't know if that would put them over the hump, but I think that would definitely improve their roster for sure. He was, he's a great player. And he definitely has an effect on winning. So I think that Danilo Gallinari is going to end up on the heat. As for Christian Wood, I don't really know. The Knicks don't really need a power forward. They just drafted one. I don't think, I don't know where Christian Wood is going to go. Someone is going to pay him. I don't really know where he's going to go. And I don't really know what what team needs a power forward right now. Because Montrezl Harrell, is, what is he, a power, is he a power forward or a center? He's an undersized center. He's he's probably more an undersized center. He like the forward defensively is just not the place so for him. What team needs a undersized center right now? Yeah, I I mean I, I agree with Matt. I think he's just, he's gonna end up back with the Clippers on probably maybe like a one year deal. Similar thing with Van Vliet where he just goes and re explores the market next offseason when teams have more cap space. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But Christian Wood, I I, I think he's gonna end up somewhere. He's definitely better to get off Detroit because that's a dumpster fire. They literally just traded away everybody on that team. They traded away Luke Kennard for for nothing. So. And they traded Bruce Brown to uh to Bruce Brown. Bruce yeah. Brown, sorry, not yeah. Bruce Brown. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Brown. Yeah, so I don't know the the free agency is not gonna be so intense, but it's definitely be interesting. We're gonna keep an eye on it. And whatever moves happen, we'll update. I mean, we'll update we can you guys talk. For sure. We can talk. We, we can just like mention that like we didn't put in Anthony Davis and Brandon Ingram because they are technically free agents, but we expect Anthony Davis end up back with LA and Ingram to go back to the Pelicans. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, that's pretty obvious. So, thank you guys for listening to the Game Buckets podcast. Subscribe to us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.